Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday, the 8th of October. My heart dropped the other day. Did your heart not drop? A friend of mine sent me a text message uh, and said, oh, there's been an incident in London. And I went, oh, no, please. It's been quiet for a little while. I'd rather it stayed that way. And then I've sort of read into it and I was looking at it. And then within a few hours, the police said, no, it was a traffic incident. What that means, I've got no idea. How on earth a, a car mounts the curb? People pin the driver down. Whether or not it was deliberate, we have no idea. We, we just know the bare facts that it was not a terrorist incident, which I was eternally grateful for. Because, you know, things change completely if it turns out to be a terrorist incident. So I'm very grateful that uh, the Almighty was looking down on us. Uh, so it's me and you between now and 7 o'clock this morning before Andrew Castle comes along with breakfast on LBC. And there is that that run today, that half marathon. It's just a little bit more than a half marathon. I, I worked it out. A friend of mine sent me the details of how far it is. Always have to do that to the music. I don't know why. It's an inbuilt thing, isn't it? You have dum 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 have to make sure you do that. It's a bit of, a, bit of an art, a bit of a trick to doing it. And so, uh, so a friend of mine called Chris is going to be running the half marathon today. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's great. I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, it's great because some people, you know, get out there and they love it. And, they, you know, the more they run, the, the more you get these endo... Is it endomorphins or something that rush through your body? And apparently it's like sex. Well... I have no idea. <laughs> That'll be done from memory. Tracy Emmons in the paper today. She said she's not had sex for six years. I thought, amateur. And, uh, and so I thought about the half marathon and I thought it's good that a lot of people are doing it. Andy Ivey, his daughter, is doing it today. And I suppose the people who are doing it, they'll be just getting their last hour of sleep. They'll be getting up because you cannot just do a half marathon. I didn't realise that when I go for a walk in Regent's Park or any of the parks we go for a walk in with, with the dog on a Sunday morning, there are people who are running before the actual race takes place because you've got to warm up. You've got to warm your body up. It's like going for exercise. You can't just go out and do exercise. You've got to warm up first, then you do the exercise. So a lot of people doing half marathons or marathons or quarter marathons, if indeed such a thing exists, will go out there and they will they will sort of warm their body up so it's sort of less tense and, you know, you don't have creaking joints and all the rest of it. So good luck to everybody doing it for today. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of kind of jealous, but not really jealous. You know what I mean? I think, I think you'll all do very well indeed. And uh, at least the weather's going to be OK. At least the weather's going to be OK. But loads of people in town, loads of people in town at the moment. It's, all, it's the after effects of, of a Saturday night out. But uh, I must thank you because I, I thanked you on... Friday, after we finished in the morning at the end of Make Some Noise, for the staggering amount of money which we'd raised when I finished, you know, not just from me, but from loads of people throughout the company who worked really hard. And I must thank you. Seriously, we, we did phenomenally well. I forget what the end total was. And I think it's still bits of it are still coming in and will be continuously coming in for, uh, for probably a few more weeks. But it was, uh, it was a really good total. It was more than last year. I think we were something like £600,000 up on last year. Yeah, but I think it was... Yeah, we were about £700,000. We raised, in that one day, £3,520,367. I mean, a phenomenal amount of money. And that's, that's due to you. That's due to you. I sold my show out at the uh, Hippodrome, uh, which, which is great because it's not till January, so I'm looking forward to seeing all of you then. And, uh, and then we raised that money on the programme as well. 
Uh, I've yet to find out who the winners were. No doubt we will this week of the the New York holiday, of the Barbados holiday and the car, because I'm quite uh, quite keen to find out about that. And and all in all, you did very well. So you can pat yourselves on the back because you you just raised a staggering amount of money. Everybody was very pleased and uh, I was very pleased too. So we went home, we were we were smiling and I then went to the hospital again. Where do I go when I'm not here? I go to the hospital and I've had my bandages changed. We've actually taken away a few of the bandages from where we had bandages before. So we were covered in the stomach. Now we've just got one small one uh, on my uh, on my chest, which is going to be a um, whatever they call it. It's, it's going to be there for years and years. There will be the after effects. It's not going to heal completely. There will be scar and there'll be other scars as well. But at least we're sort of at least we're getting through to it. Went down to see the godchildren yesterday in Essex. That was lovely. Everybody looking good and uh, reasonably well. Charlotte, not particularly well yesterday, but everybody did quite nicely. And uh, and I think some of them are going off to Dubai this coming Wednesday. I'm not sure uh, why they're going to Dubai. They're just going to Dubai. They're looking forward to it. I said, you know, it'll be hot. But of course, they do. They do hot weather. They do hot weather. So they like it. Whereas me, I can't. Do it. And of course, now, because I'm scarred and things like I can't go and sit on a beach. And I'm going to look like some dreadful plague victim. So I've decided not to do that. But a big, big thank you from everybody at Global, from the big family, to say thank you for all the money that you raised. And I hope that you uh, feel that you're going to get your money's worth if you if you donated three pounds or in some cases 10 or even 20 pounds and for those people who bought tickets to my show at the hippodrome for the 3rd of january i shall look forward to seeing you then i'm hoping to have lost even more weight and still not drinking i know even i think it's quite amazing we went out for lunch yesterday in onga to i think it's called the king's arms anyway it's, it's always quite nice and there were seven of us for lunch which was lovely we had a starter a main course and a pudding and uh, they all had little drinks like Diet Coke. I didn't have anything. I just had water. Most unusual for me. Most unusual. And then drove back down the motorway, which was lovely. Car per foot. They all liked the car, so we were quite pleased about that. And then got in and uh, watched a little bit of television. Checked up on what was going on with this uh, incident down in Exhibition Road. Because I know the area really well because I drive through it most days. Well, in fact, actually every day I drive through it. So I know exactly how busy it is down there. Some of the stories in the papers for today... Um, uh, the X Factor trolls making my life hell. This is the mother and daughter act from the other week. Do you remember? Mother and daughter turn up. Uh, Debbie uh, is the mother, spelt D-E-B-Y-E. I don't know if that's some strange, peculiar spelling of it. I've never seen it spelt like that before. And uh, she was saying, oh, tr-. but of course, you know, if you're on a programme and you're making life a bit difficult and you're being a bit of a nasty person, then of course you're going to get trolled. What you have to accept the fact is you either block them or you go to the newspapers and drone on about it. Uh, I find it's easier to block people. If somebody writes something to you, Debbie, or whoever it happens to be, Frank Bruno or Scarlett Moffat, it doesn't matter who it is, then the first thing you do is you just block. And that's it. If you mute, they don't even know they've been blocked. So that's even easier. But there was one story. I got a load of people, probably about ten people, who wrote to me saying, have you heard? Have you heard the news, Steve? And I said, what, what, what news? They went, Peter Andre's Australian tour has been cancelled. I went... No. Now, here is an odd story. This is what I call in my business an odd story. Short while ago, Peter Andre does a big thing on the television. You know, they, he's, yeah, Peter Andre's going to tour Australia. He's not toured there for 20 years. Most Australians have gone, Peter who? They're not interested in Peter. Peter Andre was naff 20 years ago. He's even naffer now. 
because he's just a bit wet and drippy. He's the one who wants copy approval on everything he does. He was in the papers the other week, you know, among certain people uh, who want copy approvals. If they do an interview, they want to see it before it gets published to make sure it's somebody not going. He's so naff. But anyway, so they book this tour in in Australia, OK? Now, now think about this care. You have to think about this carefully because I can only explain it once. Because I went through, and first of all, I thought, oh, it's a shame they've actually cancelled the tour. And then I thought, well, if there's no interest, what's the point of doing it? Bross did exactly the same. They go, oh, because of reschedule. No, it's because nobody wanted to buy tickets. Bross, you know, one and a half concerts they sold out, which is about their maximum. Okay, that's about the maximum. They they had another four or five that they had to cancel. I knew they wouldn't sell them. All these cobblers that, they were, that they'd sold out in seven seconds or whatever it was. It was just rubbish. It was balderdash. You cannot sell out. In, it's not physically possible unless somebody is buying thousands and thousands of seats and getting their fingers very badly burned. So when it was announced that Peter Andre was doing this, this sort of uh, this greatest hits tour, he hasn't had that many hits. What do you mean greatest hits tour? What are you going to sing? Mysterious Girl three times and then go, Oh, thank you very much indeed, and leave the stage. I mean, it's because there's nothing else going on. It's a bit naff. Anyway, so then they announced that Peter Andre has postponed his tour of Australia. The reason being, from that side of the pond, that the ticket sales are abysmal. And so he's not sold enough seats to warrant them going ahead with the tour. He'd be playing to three-quarter empty places. And then comes the big surprise. Why did he cancel... It clashes with his television commitments over here for doing his 60-minute makeover show. And I thought, what do you mean clashes with his TV dates over here? What? So they book a tour in. If this had sold out, OK, just hypothetically, but bear with me. If this tour had sold out and then they go, ah, he's got 60-minute makeover, what would they do? Say to people, terribly sorry, you've screwed up. You're not being able to go and see Peter Andre because he, he wants to do 60-minute makeover. He couldn't give a toss about you. So they go, it clashes. Well, they must have known this to start with. This has been in the pipeline for, for quite a while. And so they then go, oh, uh, because it clashes with his TV commitments. But what did you book it in for then? Somebody's lying somewhere. Because that makes people who are Peter Andre fans look really dumb. So if you're one of the handful who bought a ticket, they don't care about you. He's more interested in doing television in this country because the diary is empty. There's nothing going on in Peter Andre. He can't even sell tickets in Australia where they will buy tickets for Skippy and Flipper the Bloody Dolphin. They'll buy tickets for anything over there. Oh, cripes, we've got somebody over here. Skippy's coming over. Fantastic. Somebody's caught in a mine, Skippy. Quick, we've got to get over there fast. You know, there are two people trapped. My God, I hope it's a Sheila. It is a Sheila. Quick, get over there. Skippy's going to help us. And so they book tickets for anything. So for Peter Andre to go out there thinking he's some sort of big Michael Jackson or something like that, it's just positively nicker-wetting. There's no chance that Peter Andre is going to sell out stuff in Australia. But because he's got TV commitments, which they must have known about, or failing that, they go, well, Peter can't do that uh, filming for them because he's got a tour that he sold out in Australia. But luckily, he didn't sell out, so they're able to really annoy people, who, the few people who bought tickets, and say, we don't really care about you. Because that's what it comes down to. Because if you'd bought a ticket, you'd be going, I'm looking forward to seeing Peter Andre and the show and all the rest of it. Oh, no, he's got 60-minute makeover to do. Well, sorry, I bought a ticket for a show here. Yeah, well, they don't really care about you, do they? It'll be, it'll be rescheduled. The promoter has said they haven't rescheduled for 2018. It won't happen. I'm telling you now. Why do they lie to you? 
Why do people tell lies to you to try and make it out? You know, you feel like sticking Peter Andre on television this morning going, you know, so you didn't know that you had this 60-minute makeover coming up. What did you book this show in for? Is this really to annoy people who book tickets for the show, Pete? Why have you done it? Put him on the line. Because he won't know the answer to this. He'll have an agent who's very good, but they've, they've really upset the few fans that they've got left. So I can't see them booking for anything else. Can you? I can't. Anyway, I just I had to get that off my chest because I got so annoyed thinking that if you were a fan of somebody, if you were a Bross fan and you bought tickets for Manchester, well, that's not going to happen because of the incident in Manchester. But they never rescheduled it. Glasgow, they never rescheduled because they couldn't sell the tickets. Bross thought that they were doing, you know, a big venues and it was going to be the big comeback and all the rest. Of it. They brought up some naff single, which didn't hit the charts. And it's not being bitter or twisted or anything like that. Somebody described me as brutal the other day. I think honest. Honest would be the best description. Because unless you're honest with people, you know, and you flim-flam around, you can see people doing it on the television. Oh, it's great to see you, Gemma Collins. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not great to see her or Arge or any of the other planks that turn up in these reality shows. That's all we've got now. Very embarrassing. I did like the story in the paper that Jermaine Defoe, says he still cries when he thinks about Bradley Lowry. Because we've forgotten about Bradley, haven't we? I haven't. I haven't. I looked at a picture of Bradley and I thought, you know, you, you kept going for a long time, little man. And uh, now, sadly, uh, sadly, not with us. But Jermaine says he thinks about him. When he thinks about him, he has a bit of a cry. And I, I like that. I, th- I like that. I like the fact that people don't, don't sort of forget him. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the other one, Frank Bruno's got a book out. I think wanting to be frank about it, because he certainly had his issues. But I tell you who's good on Strictly, Alexandra Burke. God, she is good. But there again, I'm not at all surprised. Who is who is useless? The Reverend Richard Coles from the Communards. You know, another old man who can't dance for toffee. Ruth Langsford, can't dance for toffee, I'm afraid. And, um, and what was the other thing I liked? Oh, that's right. Scarlett Moffat says she's always late for appointments because she's chatting to fans. Don't worry, dear. Shortly, there won't be any appointments, so you can talk to them for as long as you like. I notice the weight's piling back on again. And uh, Russell Brand, he's pleading poverty. The money's gone. He was rumoured to be worth £10 million. He said, I give a lot away and, and now I don't have it. Russell Brand lives in a £3 million house. I rest my case. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday morning on LBC with Steve Allen through till seven and Peter Andre sitting there sobbing into his cornflakes, I should imagine, going, what are we going to do now? But don't worry. Let's really annoy the fan in Australia and let's do 60 minute makeover. And that's what they're doing. So whether they reschedule, I don't, perhaps they think we're actually going to forget. But uh, believe you me, I will not be forgetting at all. Uh, Angela and Bob in Pratt's Bottom. Can't wait for the snow pictures. I thought it was going to snow the other day. It went all overcast and I was really annoyed because the car was a bit dirty the other day. And so I went to get it washed and dried. And then I'm driving down the motorway and it starts blooming tiddling down. And I thought, oh, not when I've just had the car washed. That was a quick waste of £11. I was very annoyed. And then luckily it dried out a bit. So I was a little bit pleased about that. Uh, so pleased you're back to your gorgeous self, say Angela and Bob. We, along with you, have ceased the Prosecco. It's funny, isn't it? I don't know. I've, I've, I'm like three weeks in. Three weeks in. I've, I've lapsed once, but I was out for lunch with a friend of mine, Jordan. Uh, between us, the drinks industry must be going into free fall. Do you know, you know I'm, I, we, we laughed about that yesterday. I said that the Italian government will be writing to me shortly saying, would you mind starting drinking Prosecco again? Saving me a fortune. 
saving me an absolute fortune. But the funny thing is, I'm not missing it. Well, I don't think I'm missing it. I think I'm kind of, I'm twixt devil and the deep blue sea. I'm definitely sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm not missing it as such, because I think about it, I think, oh, no, I really couldn't face, face a drink. And then I thought, look, I quite like vodka as well. I quite like Belvedere uh, or Grey Goose or something like that. And, and then I thought, I can't face a vodka either. And then I quite fancied a Bailey's the other day, and I thought, oh, no. And so I've, I've obviously lost the taste for alcohol, which is probably no bad thing. It's quite good to do a, to do a detox every so often. June in Poplar says, did you hear about the, uh, the bloke in Dubai who is possibly facing three years in prison for putting his hand on another bloke in a bar? And that's an odd one, isn't it? He put his hand on the other bloke's hips, which, you know, unless the other bloke was a midget, uh, I can't really see why there'd be any advantage. But apparently he was holding drinks... And so, wait a minute, how is it... What was he touching the other bloke with? If he's holding drinks, that presumably takes up both his hands, and he was obviously doing it so he could squeeze through. Well, which... What was he using? You know, I don't want to sort of, you know, paint a picture for you this morning. But it does seem a bit... But we all do that in bars, don't we? You just go, excuse me, excuse... Excuse me! You know, and you sort of you edge your way through trying not to spill drink down them. And it's very difficult when bars are really busy. So I always give people money and say, can you get me a drink from the bar? I mean, in the, when I was drinking. And, um, and so now I'm not kind of doing it. What was the thing? I was thinking about this thing the other day. Oh, that's right. It was in the film Tootsie. Dustin Hoffman dresses up as this character. But he falls in love with this woman who thinks he is a woman. But of course he isn't. He's a man dressed as a woman. And, and she said, oh, I, I liked her and I liked that dress. He said, well, you know, she's, Dorothy's still here. He said, I've just got to learn to do it without the dress. And it's like, you know, people who are alcoholics... People like sort of Gaza and, you know, Bestie and people like that. They actually wanted to get their life back on track, but they couldn't do it without the booze. And, and that was the big problem. People would go out, and I think because they were bored, they actually used to drink. And I told you I had a producer who was an alcoholic. I mean, an out-and-out alcoholic. He never admitted he was alcoholic. He didn't even admit that he had a problem. And I found it incredibly difficult to work with somebody who needed the booze. I mean, like, needed the booze. He could not function without the drink. So I discovered it was easier to go out for a drink with him before the programme. I would sort of eke it out a little bit. But then he started bringing booze in for me. And at the time, I was drinking Southern Comfort. I know, it seems equally disgusting now. It seems very sweet. And I used to have Southern... And he'd bring me in little tins with a couple of little miniature bottles of Southern Comfort. So we'd have one of those before the programme. And it became the norm. And, you know, I used to work with a guy called Adrian Love. And Adrian, as well, must be occupational hazard in this business for people to have drinks. Because Adrian Love would, would go off to the pub, same producer, same producer, and go for a few sort of bevies before the actual programme. And it got them through the programme. People seemed to, say, they seemed to sort of function. It was like being in the pub, having a few drinks and chatting away to people. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's desperately after this, this, uh, this lady friend. But he, he's never... I can't tell you who it is, because a very well-known person. Anyway, he, he said he's finding it very difficult to chat her up because he's only ever talked to her when he's had a few bevies. And he's worried that he might sober up and it might all go pear-shaped. And I said, well, you only know by trying. So he's trying this weekend, but I have a feeling he'll sort of succumb to the alcohol. I don't, I'm beginning to sound like a temperance society. I'm beginning to sound like, you know, we should all go out there and sort of beat the drum and not have alcohol because I, alcohol's a great leveller. A friend of mine can make a, a glass of wine last an evening. I said to her, I said, you're so tight. 
A glass of wine last an evening. I couldn't make a bottle of wine last an evening. It's as simple as that. But uh, but Angela and Bob, I think. I mean, I don't know whether you're, if you're doing it for this October thing where people are giving up booze for October or whether it's just one of those. You just make a conscious decision. I'm just going to sort of stop it. And I, I thought, I'll, I'll see how far I can go. You know, if I manage to get... The funny thing is, at Christmas, I never drink anyway. I'm, I know people go, oh, I bet, I bet you drink at Christmas. I don't because I'm always driving. So I never think about it. And because I can drink, I can drink any time of the day or night, as far as I'm concerned. But I don't. I don't. It would be, I suppose, very easy. But because of the way my life is and because I'm, I'm all backwards. I was talking to my godson yesterday because he works um, in the city in the morning. He's only 19, but he started getting up really early in the morning. So he gets He has to be at work by 7.30. If he's at work by 7.30, he can get to leave at 5. But because of the nature of the business and the stuff he's doing... He never gets it. So he doesn't get home till eight o'clock at night. So by the time you've had something to eat, it's time to go to bed. I said, welcome to my world. But I like it. It suits me down to the ground. It's like people working, you know, night shift, policemen and, and other people like that. People delivering, people driving trains, people driving buses. You just get used to it. I would rather work nights or in this particular case, it's 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 night plus breakfast you know, a little bit of, <coughs> excuse me, breakfast. And I, I quite like that. I like that idea. Because you can move around town easily. You can get from A to B. In the daytime, what do you do? Sit in traffic jams. Move forward an inch, stop. Move forward half an inch, stop again. It just drives me. But why anybody would ever work daytimes, I can't imagine. Unless you're walking somewhere or you literally live on top of the place where you're working. But for me, it's uh, at this time of the morning, it's great. The time I leave here, the streets will be empty. The only people who will be out there will be the pigeons. And me. And that's about it. So this guy in Dubai goes into a bar. He puts his hand on this other bloke's hips as he's trying to get through, which you do. Sometimes you sort of you move people to one side. Anyway, this bloke obviously complained. He's t- he obviously thinks he's gay. I mean, he might be. I don't know. I haven't checked that side of the story out. Either way, it wouldn't make any difference. So you just want it move. Move. I'm trying to get through, mate. OK. And I wasn't aware there were loads of places to drink in Dubai, but obviously there must be. I thought it was almost temperance city. But um, so he sort of does that. And this bloke obviously complains. So he's been arrested. They've taken his passport. I mean, why would you want to go to Dubai? You can't do anything there. You can't do anything. There is nothing you can do. It, it sounds like the most miserable woman place on earth. Why would you want to go there? You can't do anything. You know, if you can't move somebody, you know, to one side without somebody going, I think you were trying to touch me up. You go, what? Are you mad? I'm just making you move so I can get through without spilling my drinks. But some people... So I'm, I'm with you on that, June. Why, why go there? Why actually go there? What's the point? There is no advantage to going there apart from the, the weather. You know, you've, you've seen flashy hotels and you've seen all, all the other little bits and pieces. Uh, down from, uh, from Harrogate today, Steve. And uh, I'm doing the, uh, the half marathon. Oh, sorry, the Bournemouth Half marathon. Good God, there must be all over the place, which is great. It says, uh, quite mild in Bournemouth too. It's lovely. It is. It's kind of God's waiting room, Bournemouth, but I, I quite like it. As a nurse, it's always been wonderful to hear how complimentary you are of the NHS. Well, listen, I, you, don't, you won't find any complaints from me for the NHS. I was, I was telling all my family about it. I call them my family. They're not. They're my sort of adopted family, but I'm like part of the family. And uh, I was telling them all about it because... They're, they're brilliant. The only disadvantage is having to sit on a bed in your pants. So I said, I've bought different pants. So I've got two lots of pants. Pants that I would wear Monday through Friday. I mean, not the same pair. 
but, you know, Monday to Friday pants, and then I've got hospital pants. Hospital pants are so that, you know, everything stays in the same place. We're not anything waving at them, thank you very much indeed. You know what that's like? You can imagine, can't you? It would be absolutely terrible. Uh, my sincere thoughts, says Linda, with you for the pain. No, no pain at the moment. I've got my uh, painkillers and I'm weaning off them. I was doing two a day. I've, I've cut back a little bit, so I'm just doing one every so often. And I'm running out of the penicillin and I'm down to one bandage on the arm, one small one on the chest and the leg we've left, which is where they took the skin graft from, because the longer you leave it on... The, the better the recovery is. So they've said to me, they said on Friday, we'll leave that on for another couple of uh, couple of weeks, which is good. Peter says, please, can we hear more of Skippy? Uh, well, there's no more Skippy. No more Skippy, I'm afraid. We don't do Skippy. It's not a request programme, but sort of Australian characters or anything like that. Yes, Steve Allen's best hits. Top of, the, top of them, it's Skippy. I don't think so. I don't think so. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. 25 minutes to six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Sunday morning. It's half marathon day. It's another day full of tourists in London. And the weather, so-so. Mm, so-so, I think, today. I don't think it's anything too much to worry about. It's been very overcast recently. It's, it's definitely the autumnal side of it, which I don't, I'm quite cool with autumnal bits. I don't really sort of worry about that. Uh, Noreen went off to see a gold show the other day. We, we, because everybody was, I have to mention this because we're all doing, or we all did, things the other day for Make Some Noise to raise a lot of money. And uh, a friend of mine does a breakfast show on, on gold. And uh, he decided to do 38 hours broadcasting. 30, I mean, luckily, you could probably just about get away with it. Just about get away with it. His name's Tony, Tony Dibbon. And he just about got away with it because they don't do as many links. If I was doing 38 hours broadcasting, I'd be gaga by now. I would have because I talk all the time. I can I can do three hours. I can I've done four and five before now. 38. I would be seriously off my tree. And I went down to see him the other day just to sort of give him a little boost. And he'd started slurring. He was eight hours away from the end. He had to work through until. I think it was five o'clock on, on Friday. And I said to him, I said, because I think that's really good. You know, he went over and above, 38 hours broadcasting. I mean, I, just, I couldn't, do, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I wouldn't know where to begin. I've, I've done 12 hours. I think 12 was the maximum I ever did once. And that was sort of trying desperately hard not to repeat myself, which was very difficult, but also trying to make it entertaining for me. And I did do a show once on a New Year's Eve where we'd had a few sherbets and I lasted 10 minutes. I was rubbish. I couldn't, I couldn't remember where I got to in the programme. I just wanted to go home. I didn't really care about anything at all. But Tony did very well the other day. So it's, it's only because it, it kind of sort of reminded me. So anyway, so Noreen goes to one of these gold shows, which is where they get all these groups from the, from the 60s. And she loves it. She absolutely loves these shows more than, than anything else. And she saw Sue and Beryl there. She said, we were in the front row. And they saw Vanity Fair. Now, you've got to be a certain age to remember these groups. Vanity Fair, they had a big hit single called Live for the Sun. Uh, Brian, Paul and the Tremolos. And I can't remember all their big hits. I remember the group, but I can't remember the, the hits. Jerry and the Pacemakers, of course, with Ferry Cross the Mersey. And how do you do what you do to me? Uh, Steve Ellis of The Love Affair, one of my favourite groups. I love The Love Affair. And that's Rainbow Valley and Everlasting Love. The Searchers. And uh, a great show. Well worth seeing, she said. You see, I like that kind of thing. The one thing I can't get used to is the fact that all these groups who were huge in the, in the 60s and the 70s, they're now 
they're in their 60s and 70s themselves. So when you go to see them, you're kind of a little bit shocked because you've got this image in your mind of what they look like. And, of course, you have to remember that they've uh, they've aged a little bit. But I love stuff like that. The Germans do that better than anybody. So they have uh, have all these shows in uh, in Germany, which is all these groups that they bring back. But, unfortunately, they mime. They mime, which is, you know, there you go. When you're in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you see men holding hands in the street all the time, Steve. Yeah, I don't think they're doing it because they're gay. I think they do it because I think you tend to find in those sort of countries men do hold hands. There's a lot of that. I see it in London, actually. You know, you go around Knightsbridge and there's a lot of lot of men holding hands around Knightsbridge. Whether they work in Harrods, I've got no idea. Because I'm suspecting there's probably a fair number that work in Harrods. You know what they say? One in every four is. So if you're sitting in a theatre, you know, and you look to the left and look to the right and they look all right, it's you. <laughs> it gives you a rough idea of how it works nowadays. But anyway, so people do hold hands. They don't think it's... They don't think it's sort of a sexual thing. Well, I don't think they think it's a sexual thing. But woe betide if you touch somebody's hips in a bar. God, Struth, it could be in prison for three years. I'm off now to work for BA and I still can't use to get used to early mornings. Oh, you so... D- I seriously, I got used to early mornings ages ago. I seriously did. I don't have any problem with early mornings at all. That's just why I sort of... I'm, 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 I'm peeling. Uh, I'm fairly adaptable to these early mornings. I'm, I really... I'm, I quite like it. It's great. You could, there's nobody to sort of, you know, interfere. You just get on, with, get on with it. You can do it. It's very nice. It's quiet. You know, the newsroom is sort of ticking along. It's all very, we're all just coasting through a Sunday. Producer's getting to the stage where he wants to go home. He's thinking about getting a cat uh, for, the, um, for the flat. They're thinking about getting it. They haven't actually got a cat yet. They're thinking about getting a cat. Because, because they're in sort of a... That's my stomach. A little bit of a high-rise... Um, they, it's going to be a cat that's going to stay in the flat. It's not going to be going out anywhere, which is perfectly feasible in this day and age. But, but you've got to get them young, because otherwise, every time you open the front door, the thing will shoot out and you'll never get it back again. It'll be down those stairs into the lift, trying to work out how to push the button to get down as quick as possible. So you have to be very careful. But it, it's also great company. You know, if you're sitting on the settee watching television of an evening, there's nothing nicer than sort of stroking your cat that's sort of sitting there. Yep. No, just me again. <laughs> I quite like that idea. Uh, and one here says, Steve, I've been living in, D- in Dubai for five years, and I'm sure there will be more to that story than what's currently being reported. Dubai has big party culture. I know. Uh, if you look up Dubai brunches, you get a good idea. Not as restrictive as people may think, but I agree. There are certain rules that seem backwards. But as long as you're sensible, it's a fun country, says, uh, says Nat. Yeah, it's this touching of this bloke as he was trying to get past it. But that must happen all the time. Happens all the time over here. You know, you get people sort of brushing past. It's, I think it's quite normal, but perhaps over there it wasn't in this particular bar or the person that he sort of brushed up against or touched. I don't know. But you're right, there must be a little bit more to it, mustn't there? Did you watch Cannonball on ITV Saturday evenings? What a show. No, I've got no idea what it is. What's, what's Cannonball? I've heard of it, but I don't, I've got no idea what it is. Could Auntie Enid do the marathon run? Is she in a wheelchair or can she walk? She, she's, well, she's heavily medicated. I don't want to say too much about it because she might be, might be listening. Oh, that's Cannonball, is it? So, right. What is it? Oh, it's, it's just like a giant, is it just like a giant challenge game? It does look like it, doesn't it? Can, oh, right. So somebody's in a ball with skittles. Are these celebrities or, is, again, am I having trouble with people... They're just normal people or just sort of what I call show-offs. You always get show-offs on television, don't you? And so it's ITV's new show, hosted by... Hosted by... We don't know, actually. Wait a minute, let's have a quick check. 
doesn't tell you who it's, who it's hosted by. It was after the BBC Acts There uh, one, which I loved, actually. A total wipeout. I loved it because I loved all the noises that they superimposed. When somebody fell off a giant ball. Oh, Freddie Flintoff. Oh, interesting. Oh, right. And Frankie Bridge. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Girl, dear, I'm thinking. She's so desperate to try and make something of herself. And uh, and that's it. But, uh, so, who is Radzi? Cannibal host an ITV and Blue Peter presenter. Who's that? Radzi. Chinganya. I don't know who that is, actually. I constantly sing people. Known for presenting. Is he? I've never even heard of him. And he presents Blue Peter. Shows how far down Blue Peter's gone when you don't even know who the presenters are anymore. Isn't that awful? That apparently he's, he's fronted numerous shows, including Songs of Praise and Match of the Day Kickabout. Never heard of him. Radzi, his name is. Never heard of him. Obviously, somebody's not working overtime in the uh, in the BBC's punting of uh, of new presenters everywhere. But the, uh, Blue Peter's not not the same as it was. Steve, alcohol and illness seem to have a strange relationship. Until February, I always enjoyed a couple of G and Ts or glasses of wine in an evening. I then developed heart failure and, though recovering well, have since, like you, lost my taste for alcohol. Says Nick, maybe illness is a cure for alcoholics. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed my, uh, my my Prosecco. Very much enjoyed my Prosecco. If I ask anybody, I single-handedly kept the blooming industry going. You asked Tony Poledri down at Little Italy how much Steve Allen enjoys his uh, Prosecco. He really does. Pe- people would say to me, if I, was, if I was going out for sort of dinner with sort of friends and they come around the table doing people's drinks and I go, bottle of Prosecco, and they go, how many glasses? I go, one. <laughs> like, sharing? I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's funny, I've just sort of, I've lost, I've lost interest. I suppose everybody does that, don't they, in their life. It's like, I used to eat Indian food all the time, but because of the ghee, and I know you can get it without the ghee now, but because of the ghee, I kind of went off Indian food. And there's other things as well, you know, lots of fried food I don't bother with anymore. I, I sort of try and find something else to have that I think is going to be reasonably good for you. None of it is, but I've had all sorts of things. Chilli con carne, and I had some uh, beef stew and dumplings the other day. I've d- I try and vary it and have little things. And then I went through a phase of having steak. Uh, and then what did I have the other day? I had something, I think I had a chicken curry, but I had sprouts with <laughs> Come back onto my blooming sprouts kick as we head into the festive season. Steve Allen and sprouts go hand in hand. Uh, cyclists. We've talked about cyclists. You do run the gauntlet if you step out onto the streets of London and probably any major city in this fair land of ours. They maim or kill two people every week. Every week. And that's probably because people either step out into the road, tourists mainly, they've got no idea which side the traffic's coming from. They seriously don't know. Because you feel like saying to it, no, the traffic is coming from the side you're not expecting. So that's what you have to be careful. So you have to be, you have to be very, very careful. Julian? Phone. Oh, it stopped. <laughs> it was ringing a minute ago. Uh, the cruel trade in trendy puppies in the papers today. I don't know. I wish they wouldn't call them trendy puppies. It's like, you know, handbag dogs. I don't, I don't like that. I'd rather somebody just bought a dog because they like it, not because they think it's an accessory. And a lot of people buy them as accessories, and they're getting a lot of French bulldogs at Battersea Cat and Dogs Home. And I wouldn't mind, but, you know, a dog is... It's not just because it looks a bit pretty... You have to, you know, you, you have it trained. Then you've got a lovely dog. 
you know, which which will sort of, you know, show affection because you watch these people, the dog whisperers on the television and, you know, you get children whisperers and everything else now. And I always, I always think to myself, get a dog, but make sure you go to puppy training classes. You've got a dog to be proud of, a dog that, you know, knows how to behave and it's not going to bite your ear off every time the front doorbell goes. Uh, the other one uh, that is in the paper today, Liam Gallagher admits to making mistakes, but he's he's really saying, I don't care. I've made mistakes. Nobody's died. What's it got to do with people? It's obviously flogging an album. Uh, There's a woman being held because she tried to climb a fence at Buckingham Palace. And Julie Goodyear turned down I'm a Celebrity because she couldn't live without a cigarette. But I thought you could smoke on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. I seem to remember seeing loads of people sitting there with cigarettes. So, you know, what would be the difference? I think it's... it's, Boris Becker could be going into it because he's managed to get through something like... Either forty-four or fifty-four million pounds on what? I've got. No, where, I mean, how do you get rid of that sort of money? Somebody who is that successful in tennis, and then all of a sudden the money vanishes. And you think, I mean, is that because people buy big flashy houses, or they give it to ex-wives, or they buy expensive jewellery, or they go on lovely holidays, or they gamble, or they have a drug problem? I mean, what is it that you can get through fifty million quid? He's having to sell his Wimbledon trophies to get some money back again. I mean, that's absolute madness, isn't it? Uh, Also, the other one in the paper for today, the online police fighting the hate trolls. uh, They do have a department. It's based actually not too far from here where they will uh, find people. And there's uh, a few people in the paper today complaining about the online trolls. And as I said before, you just go to the police. You report them or failing that, try and be grown up and just mute them. Just go on to you'll see the thing on there. You click on to it. It goes mute. You go click. It's done. They don't know that they're muted. They still think every time they write to you, you're reading it. But of course you're not. But you don't tell them that. It's so much easier. Then you can have a good old laugh. But you won't see it ever again. They have to then go and sort of change their email address or Twitter feed or whatever it happens to be. But uh, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them at all. You always get people like that. Before, it was people writing to you. So at least on Twitter, it's something you can do fairly quickly. Just click, done, gone. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Sunday morning. So I'm just rehearsing for the marathon. The half marathon, which is in three of the parks today. I think it's in uh, Hyde Park, it's in Green Park, and it's in St James's Park. I think. I know it's, th- I know it's not Regent's Park. I, know, I just know it's three of them. So good luck to everybody who's running today if you're raising money for charity. Good luck! And I hope you uh, hope you manage it. My friend Ant is running and my friend Chris is doing it as well. You might be doing it. So where are we going to? Oh, that's right. Oh, eight Royal Parks. Eight. Good Lord. Kensington Gardens, Green Parks and James's Park, Hyde Park. So very exciting. And uh, they say, because you have to apply, don't you? You have to apply for four, four of London's eight Royal Parks. Thank you. And presented by the Royal Bank of Canada. Wasn't aware there was a Royal Bank of Canada, but there is now, obviously. And uh, they've raised over 30 million quid so far. So uh, the race entry for today is closed. Unless you've got a thing, you can't run. I know some people probably will. They just sort of want to join in the excitement of the whole thing. Producer wanted to go, but as I say, maybe not this year. Perhaps you'll you'll do it the, the following year. I can't do it. It's just not my 
not my sort of thing. I don't think it is anyway. Although one of these days I might actually manage something like that. I get halfway around and go, oh, I just don't want to do it ever again. Uh, Frank Bruno's got a book out. And so uh, a few of the papers are talking about it today. One of them has started serialising it because uh, Frank Bruno, one of the very few boxers in this country who uh, probably made a fair bit of money out of boxing, which is a rare thing. Very, very rare in this day and age. Ask any of the footballing managers uh, and they will tell you that most boxers don't make diddly squat. Uh, He did, but there again, most of the people he was fighting had either been dug up from cemeteries or they were in old people's homes because there was nobody of of any consequence that he was fighting at all. Uh, What was the other one? Oh, yes, uh, the Premiership ace who's on the front page of one of the papers today nicked over a four-hooker sex romp, apparently wanted his money back. One of the women said he's uh, just not very good in the bedroom department. Uh, Katie Price is to sell her own blinged-up coffins. Uh, they're constantly telling you that she's worth £40 million. I don't believe a word of it. I believe she's scraping along because nothing she does makes any money. She's not going to be selling a load of old coffins that are blinged up. You know, they're not. You, you get the funeral director to do them, so nobody's going to be buying them. Obviously, there, there's some company who said, oh, why don't we sort of get you to promote this and we can sort of do there's a Katie Price coffin which has got two big balls on the top of it to make it look like, you know, that's where your breasts go, which is a bit little, little bit ridiculous, a bit stupid. But uh, nothing she touches makes any money at all, or very little. So the idea that she's got 40 million quid in the bank is laughable. I'd like to see the proof of it. I want to see the bank account with 40 million quid in it. And the answer is there is no bank account with 40 million. But it's one of those apocryphal stories, isn't it? It's the Paris Hilton. She's heir to the Hilton fortune. No, it was sold ages ago. What did she get? Nothing. That's why she works. Uh, Britain's most violent uh, criminal will marry in handcuffs. This is this uh, this plank who's in prison because he's violent and he's changed his name so many times. Who cares? Who really gives a toss? Nobody does. Um, Corrie legend Vera's death, Vera Duckworth. They say it's a warning for all smokers to quit. And um, somebody's in the papers today saying, you know, she should be a lesson. But, I mean, people know if you smoke, and I smoked... You know what the dangers are. It's as simple as that. You know, you know that there is the danger of getting emphysema and angina and of your health suffering, of your skin suffering, everything. I'm not I'm not here to tell you how how good it is um, and, and how bad it is. I'm just here to tell you that if you smoke, you know the dangers. I was a di- I loved smoking. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I could never preach to people about that and try not to. Grace says, your interview with the parents of the little boy who wanted to be a pilot was very moving. And yesterday I made a small donation. That's, that's, all, that, uh, that's all that matters, is to make a small donation. I don't mind if you don't have money to, you know, donate £10 or £20 or something like that. And this is uh, a little boy who is helped out uh, by Sebastian's. And that's it's a house where they can go to uh, mummy and daddy can go down with him and they can have a bit of a holiday. He's uh, his health is deteriorating uh, very quickly, um, but he doesn't know that his health is deteriorating. He thinks it's just while he's he's a child, he's going to be in a wheelchair and then eventually things close down. But he wants to be a pilot. That was his big dream. And his mum was saying he wants to be a he wants to be a pilot. And he doesn't know how ill he is. They haven't told him. They haven't told him because he's only, I think he's about 11. And they just decided that they wouldn't tell him. They're going to look after him and he will get the best possible help. With your help as well as uh, as loads and loads of other children and all the people that you can help and you have helped by do- by donating. Whether it's small or whether it's a large donation, you, you made that donation, you made that commitment. And for that, as I say, I'm very grateful because we want these 
little children to have the best possible life that they can and um, and just sort of just sort of nice for them but but better that they don't know what on earth is this a picture of this is pain pain ease oh it's it's volterol i've got some of this as well actually is this for your aching bones today young man who's going running oh i've got an alarm clock like that um it's yes because you're going to be you're going to be tired aren't you how long will people do it in on this half marathon how long will it take people to do it what what would be the fastest that somebody could do it in because i'm i'm never sh- i mean i'm not going to be doing it i'm just inquiring but apparently it's 13 point um 14 13.14 miles so what would be the fastest that you could do that in would it be i mean, I'm, i can't even guess actually i don't know but i think if you're having to use uh, volterol that means you can be have aching bones and sprays and all this kind of stuff, which is great. So good time for running a half marathon. Here we go. Uh, a little over an hour for elite runners to over three hours for slower runners or walkers. Wow. I mean, there is a, a vast variation among runners, depending on, I suppose, running experience, gender, age and the race. Pardon me, the race course. So just over an hour for elite runners. God, that's like nothing, is it? That's like walking down the road to go and get your breakfast. That's nothing, is it? Producer and I couldn't do that. We've, we've, we've decided. It's not for us, actually. It's not for us at all. I think I'd be better handing out bottles of water to people. Going, would you like a bottle of water? Because they, they, they drink it and then they just throw the bottle away. I say, don't throw it away. I've just handed you that bottle. <laughs> Tony Belledri's birthday on Friday from Little Italy. He's going to be <coughs> three. Uh, I couldn't tell you how old he is. It's, uh, it's sort of a... <laughs> and the three at the end of it. So uh, lots of love from Patsy. And uh, she says, looking forward to January. Yeah, me too. Me too. This is my show at the London Hippodrome, uh, where we, we sold out fairly quickly, fairly qu- which we're very pleased with. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. And uh, raised quite a few thousand pounds in a, a very short space of time, which is going to, to help uh, some of these families of these children, who some of whom are not at all well, and some of whom... Their life expectancy is not particularly long, so we make everything as good for them as it is possible to do. That's all you can. That's all you can do. You want to make life as nice for people, don't you? That's what. That's what I think. That. That's my. That's my sort of thoughts on the uh, on the thing. Uh, so what else do we have in the? Oh, Jason Manford on real life, because mm. he says his uh, kids have got two mummies because he's got the first mummy and now second mummy. Jason Manford who. Um, had a little bit of a trouble with some, let's just call it an incident on the internet, shall we? As so many of them do. Uh, Boris Becker could be joining I'm a Celebrity. They're only guessing, I think, because of the fact that he's in dreadful financial straits. Because he owes about 50... How could you get... Honestly, if ever I ended up with something like 50 million, which of course is highly unlikely, I mean, that would last me for the rest of my life and then some. The idea that, you know, you would waste it. I would like to think I'm a wee bit more sensible, but uh, he's managed to get through 50 million. And so that's what he owes. And eventually the banks are knocking on your door like those can't pay. will come and take it away from you, people. I love that programme. I love it. It's so exciting. Oh, news. Must be something on a Sunday, mustn't it? And it means we've got the news coming up very shortly. Um, so terror panic as the minicab hits 11. We didn't know what it was. The other day, neither did anybody. Eventually, the police uh, made a statement saying, no, it was a motoring incident. Uh, the harrowing TV drama prompting a victim to speak out. Um, it's somebody you've heard of before, so we'll come around to that later. Uh, Britain's most violent 
Uh, criminal will marry in handcuffs. I think he's been married before, actually. It could be a couple of times. Uh, Russell Brand pleads poverty. He says he's not got the money that people think he has. He does live in a £3 million house. And uh, Britain's Dubai prison threat for touching a man's hip. You mustn't do it. It's not nice. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Gearing myself up for the marathon. Not running it, watching it. It's a lot of... Oh, sorry, half marathon. You have to remember. I used to, I used to love that music that they used to play for the marathon, which is taken from the film The Trap. It goes... Da, 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 da. And every time I hear it, I just think of people pounding the streets. But because this one's done in the park, uh, they'll be pounding the pavements in the park. Four London parks they're using, and people will be raising a lot of money, and there'll be a lot of people with embrocation on... And uh, doing things like that. Please don't tell me who was kicked out. I get into trouble. Remember last year, I inadvertently told you who was kicked out of Strictly. Because what they do is they do it all on the Saturday night, but then they, 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 they record the programme at the end of the programme and then they put it out on the Sunday evening. But there is a website that tells you who's been kicked out. And a friend of mine said, don't you dare tell me. She got quite angry, quite angry. Uh, don't you dare tell me who's been kicked out of Strictly. And I said... Um, I said, right. She goes, you did that last year. She said, ruined it for me. I said, I know, but there's no sort of, there's supposed to be some sort of unwritten law that you're not supposed to tell people who it is. But it's on the internet, you know, because there'll always be somebody there who's either, who's been to the show and they've watched it. And then they go, oh, by the way, so-and-so has been kicked out. Because there are certain people on there who can't dance. Alexandra Burke is very, very good. Uh, Debbie McGee is very, very good. Richard Cole, useless. So they'll probably keep him in for the sort of the joke factor. But I said to her, I said, it doesn't matter. I said, because they're all being paid for it. You know, it's not like they're doing this for charity. This is, this is a gig for many of them. Uh, Aston Merigold is very good, but then he's been a dancer before. And uh, Ruth, Ruth uh, Langsford, you know, lovely, but not a dancer. I never thought she would be a dancer. It's like you couldn't put Eamon Holmes in there. He'd, he'd be the joke comedy figure, wouldn't he? Because there's no way that Eamon could dance, you know, for toffee. But it doesn't matter. That's what they do on that programme. They sort of, they try and find... They're running out of people to ask, though. They must be if they've gone for Aston Merigold. I mean, you know, obviously nothing happened after JLS. There is no chart entry. It's like uh, Louise, isn't it? There's no chance she's going to get back in the charts anytime soon. A bit like Cheryl. No chance she's going to be back in the charts. I mean, she's, she's an old woman now. She's passed her sell-by. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all moved on. Like Frankie Bridge, what does she do now? God knows. Just appears between the pages of Hello magazine, I suppose. Uh, so Boris Becker could be joining I'm a Celebrity, but they're going to be putting these names out there because they come up soon. I think they go out November. Uh, whether or not Ant McPartland's going to be with the programme, I don't know. I'm really not sure. I hope he will be, but I have a sneaking feeling that he might not be quite ready at the moment. Uh, Katie Price selling her own blinged-up coffin. She won't be. She's not bright enough to do that, so it'll be somebody else coming up with it. Uh, as I say, I want the proof that she's worth £40 million. I've seen no evidence of this at all in either the clothes she wears, the vehicle she's driving, or anything. She doesn't go out to posh restaurants. She doesn't do anything at all. So there is no £40 million. I think they've just sort of kind of made it up. John the cabbie says, great in conversation with the Hoff yesterday. I never really liked him, but you brought out a side of him that changed my mind. Yes, I mean, some, because I've said before about these interviews, that you do an interview with somebody and some people forget they're doing an interview and they open up to you. But I, it's not intentional. It's really not intentional. It's just, it's just the way of having a conversation. I recorded 
so who do, who else do we do? I'm trying to. So it, it's at nine o'clock this evening, and it's the Hoff, who's on LBC, David Hasselhoff. So uh, you must catch that. And also, we have this new app now, so you can download this program within seven days, and you don't have to pay for it. Hello, how cool is that? How cool is that? That makes a lot of difference to my uh, to my downloadable figures. Thank you very much indeed, uh, which is good. So you've also got uh, Henry Blofeld as well. You know, the, the, the cricket, he was lovely. He was, But we did him weeks ago. I'd forgotten him. I hadn't forgotten him coming in, but I've, I remember thinking, the producer said, are we going to run Henry Blofeld and David Hasselhoff? I said, oh, brilliant. And then I was trying to think who else I had in the can. I did on Friday, was it Friday? Yes, Friday I did Gloria Honeyford. Good conversation. We talk about Karen. Uh, we talk about we talk about lots of things actually because we've our, our careers. <laughs> here we go. Our careers have kind of run parallel, but she's sort of gone up there, and I've sort of carried on coasting down the road. You know, doing interviews, and a lot of the people I interview were going on to do her as an interview as well. And this coming week, I think, I think I'm just waiting for confirmation that Richard Branson's going to be coming in, so we'll have a chat to him. There was also somebody. Who else did I do last week? You know, you do so many interviews in the course of a week. I, did, I think I did three last week. Who did I do on this? Oh, Matt Lucas. How can I forget Matt Lucas? I did Matt Lucas last week, so I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be running him this week because he was, he was delightful. He was absolutely delightful and charming. Uh, so thank you, John the Cabbie. Went to a Hollies gig last week, Steve. 560 and 70-somethings on our feet, bawling out, Carrie Ann and must stop her when they knew that nothing my umbrella. And then do you know what? When the lights went up, we turned back into all these oldies trooping out of the theatre. Very strange. Yeah. Isn't it nice, though? Isn't nostalgia great? Isn't it? Don't you think it's fab? I think it's, I think it's absolutely wonderful. People sort of say to me, I was, I was saying something the other day about medication or whatever it was, and uh, my oldest goddaughter's boyfriend was sort of saying, oh, you know that people are old when they start to... I said, well, do you know, to be honest with you, I can't, um, I I quite like the idea that you can reminisce. When you get to a certain age, you come with history. And a lot of people in in my business have been in it for a long while. Even, you know, the younger people that I know in the business, they, for some reason, like going out with me because we've all got stories to tell about the business and and how great it is. And I was thinking about it driving in this morning. I was sort of thinking about how how good it is that you're actually doing something that you love doing, that they pay you for, that people seem to derive pleasure from you know it's it's it, it's i can't i can't put a finger on it i really can't and then we raise all that money for make some noise you know three and a half million pounds in a day three and a half million pounds in a day and you think to yourself that's what it's all about and then when we get together in january for my show at the london hippodrome then it's it is like family coming together anyway steph is going to vienna and salzburg next week you'll be coming with me courtesy of the lbc app so Britain needs you to keep our spirits up. Oh, you'll love Vienna. Salzburg, you'll like better. Salzburg is, is pretty chocolate boxy. Vienna is um, Vienna. And uh, you can take a fiacre and you can go round the, uh, the ring. And uh, what else could you do in Vienna? You go to St. Stephen's right in the middle. Go down into the Tour of the Crypt. That you'll need to do as well. Uh, you can go to... Um, you can, you can have schnitzel. I don't really like schnitzel, actually. The food over there, I have to be honest, given the choice, Vienna's food is a bit naff. It is a lot of sausages. And uh, the things that make the most money, the Wurststands, you'll find them on most corners in Vienna. 
And I found a lady who had one uh, down at the end of Taubstummengasse, which you'll never find again. And uh, she was English, because I was struggling through my German to try and order one of these things. She said, oh, you're British. I went, yes. She said, me too. I said, how on earth do you end up here? And turned out she married an Austrian. You can go to, um, to all the palaces out there. You can go and relive the Habsburgs and all the different things. And if you really set your mind to it, you can go out of Vienna um, into the countryside, and it's beautiful. Beautiful in the winter, but Salzburg is, is chocolate boxy. A friend of mine says, you know, nostalgia's OK, but it's not what it used to be. Isn't it great, though, that when you sort of... I, I sort of... You know, now I've got to that stage where somebody will say, I'll say, oh, what, I've had a couple of my producers die. Um, uh, because over the years, I've had quite a number of producers, as you can well imagine. I don't know why I seem to get through more than most. There's no logical... I'm, I'm losing one at the moment. Losing Julian, he sort of leaves me in a week. Well, I say leaves me, he's sort of not leaving me necessarily, but he's sort of he's going off to, to sort of further his career, which is which is great. I, I wholeheartedly approve of that. You know, you go as far as you can and then you go, I want to try something else. And you he's still within the business. But uh, I, I have lost a couple of producers and somebody said, oh, so-and-so died. And I went, oh, you tend to forget that I was fairly young when I started, you know, 12 and uh, 13. And um, and it's 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 gone quite well, I think. Gone quite well. Uh, Stephen in Walton on the Hill says, I saw Cannonball yesterday. It was so tedious. I was only waiting for the chase afterwards. I like the chase, actually. I love the idea that all these people know the answers. Don't, I mean, I find it amazing. I mean, I, I sometimes sit there and I even guess the answers and get them wrong. And sometimes I guess the answers and get them right. But I, I like... Pl- I've started playing along with the actual game with sort of Bradley. And then I think, I wonder if the... If the chaser's going to know that, I think, yeah, they do. And I'm sort of kind of warming to tipping point. But they obviously make... I know, it's naff, I know. But they obviously make... It is a stupid game. It's based on a fairground thing that they take around everywhere. You know, you can see those money things all over the place. But I, uh, I sort of like it. It's just that they must do... I reckon they must do about six shows in a day. They must do. It's the only... Because it looks a bit tedious. They sort of bring in the people. But I'm, I'm, I quite enjoy it. They de- well, they definitely have to do two or three. They definitely have to do at least two or three. Because it's only half an hour programme. You could do four in a day. You've been to the filming. You naff person. You went to the filming of Tipping Point. Oh, the chase you went to. How many did they do of those? About two or three. Yeah. Oh, right. Did, did the person win any money when you... can't remember. You're hopeless, honestly. You really, you've got a memory like a sieve. You really have. You said, well, how long ago did you go? And you cut. This is the producer. You went a year and after, and you can't remember. What, you go to TV shows all the time? Well, that's why you should remember it. If you go to TV shows all the time, I can understand if you couldn't remember anything. God, honestly, you're useless. <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Yeah, you wonder why you keep losing producers, he says. Yeah, right. So it's like it's my fault you're leaving now. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yes, the number of critically ill people waiting over 60 minutes doubles in a year. I'm, I, I refuse to accept anything against the NHS, I'm afraid. I think they were. Although the lady who did my um, um, skin graft the other day, she's left. She's gone on to, a, and to, and to another place. Because they said to me the other day, oh, Nikki's, Nikki's left. I said, oh, she's really good. I don't like taking staples out, though. I've discovered that's my least favourite thing, together with injections. I don't mind being put out, you know, to be put under and asleep and everything else, but I don't want to be awake when they're doing it. Blow my alert. That was about the worst thing I think I've ever had done. Although they uh, tell me that if you have tattoos done, then that hurts quite a lot. 
quite a lot. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So there's a piece in the paper today on your favourite curry. I mean, what a naff survey. It's obviously done to promote somebody. So they've got Britain's top ten choices. Number ten, Rogan Josh. <laughs> Number nine, Sarg. Can't remember what Sarg is. Is it um, not cabbage, is it, or something like that? Is it Sarg? S-double-A-G. Sarg. Chicken Sarg. Oh, right, chicken and... Oh, it's spinach. It's spinach. Any variation of chicken, isn't it, really? Uh, number eight. Dopiazza. Never even heard of it. How come I've never heard of something? It's, it's in an Indian restaurant. Dopiazza. What is it? They go here. Oh, it's Persian. And it's a Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern dish from Afghan, prepared with large amounts of onions, both cooked in the spice and curry and as a garnish. Onions added at the stage two, hence the name Two Onions. Oh, right. So is it chicken then or something like that? Yeah, easy chicken, dopiazza recipe. You could also use lamb, I suppose. Riveting. Uh, Boona, number seven. That's chicken Boona as well, isn't it? Is it all chicken? Is that all it that you can get? Lamb, lamb Boona, thank you. Uh, Balti, that's uh, Balti. That comes in a dish, doesn't it? It's a, sort of a, a way of a way of cooking. So it's in a sort of a, a pressed steel wok called a Balti bowl. <laughs> there you go. Nothing if not original. Uh, Vindaloo, Vindaloo. And there's a song, wasn't there, about Vindaloo or something? And uh, that's quite nice, Vindaloo. It's all sauces that do me in. That's what does... And if you're a diabetic, I'm sorry about this, because you might remember some of these. Uh, Jalfrezi, at number four. Madras. So I'm ahead of you now on this one. You, you can't type up quick enough. Madras is very hot, isn't it? Is, is Madras like take the roof of your mouth off kind of thing? <laughs> heavy, heavy use of chilli powder. Oh, my God. Uh, number two, tikka masala. Tikka masala. That comes with the sauce, isn't it? And uh, so that, that seems quite nice. Chicken tikka masala. I mean, three million ways of doing chicken. But you can everything now is, is done for you. You only All you have to do is go out and buy bits of chicken, a sauce, and you empty it in there. It's like home pride. Do a sweet and sour sauce. I mean, if you're diabetic, don't touch it. It'll send you around the bend because it's all sugar. It's delicious. But it's, it's so simple. You just cook off some chicken, pour in the sauce, pour in some... And it's, it's sorted. Number one, korma. First Chinese food, uh, sorry, first Indian food I ever had was korma because it was mild and I wasn't sure about it. I love it. But again, it's the sauce. It's the sauce. You get this sort of thick glaze. It's uh, braised with yoghurt. Oh, this is quite exciting, doesn't it, this morning? I love it. Uh, good week for, uh, for Arge. This is James Argent, otherwise known as The Plank. Slight little problems he's had. Uh, showing off his new nose after getting his nostrils reduced. Looks exactly the same he did before, just deeply unattractive, poor soul. But never mind, I'm sure he's very happy with it, because he's certainly telling everybody about it. The London Alert, the terror cops swooping on the driver after this museum car smash. They appeared to get there very quickly, but I think there were a few marches taking place in, in town the other day. Uh, also, what else do we have? Oh yes, uh, this is uh, Britain's most violent prisoner. He obviously just likes some sort of title. I couldn't care less about him. I'm really not remotely bothered by Charles Bronson. He's been given the go-ahead to marry his soap actress fiance. She only appeared in about two little bits. Soap actress. As if she was somebody important. She's not. Uh, also, also, also... Oh, X Factor Trolls made my life hell. Mum insulted over decadence split. Only because you've got no talent, dear. 
This is X Factor reject Debbie Gaskin has been reduced to tears. Yeah, right. By abuse since Simon Cowell forced her to quit and let her daughter stand. Because you've got no talent, dear. What's the point of putting you on somewhere where you couldn't do anything? You couldn't sing. You couldn't do anything. You look ridiculous. Debbie and her 21-year-old girl, Hayley Norton. So she's Debbie Gaskin, but the daughter with piercings just about all over her body. Uh, the judges uh, told her to, uh, to let the daughter continue without her. Hayley was seen pleading with her mother. It was a bright load of old cobblers. I mean, the mother, seriously. I mean, what a drip. What a drip. Uh, the, the scene sparked a flood of abuse from viewers, branding her selfish and shameful. Somebody said she needed a slap, which I thought was completely out of order. No, she was just a silly, silly woman. You know, she didn't have any talent. She couldn't sing for Toffee. And it's a singing competition. I can't explain it any better to the terminally stupid. But uh, you can't sing. You know, go away. Seriously, it's the X Factor, dear. What do you think? You're going to be playing Vegas any time soon? Let me tell you now, it is not going to be happening. OK. Um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, Oasis Hellraiser Liam has finally been tamed. They're a bit naff, actually. I think both the uh, both the Gallagher boys are a bit naff. Oh, look, a picture of Gemma Collins with bad makeup on. Oh, no, that is Gemma Collins. I do, do beg your pardon. She was polling, uh, pol- uh, pol- posing with some people who were posing at a Halloween bash. You don't actually need makeup to be part of Halloween, do you, Gemma? You seem to manage it quite by yourself. Vera's death is a warning for all smokers to quit, so there's no excuses. Layla Morse says the death of uh, Liz Dawn should act as a warning. Listen, if somebody smokes, you know, they know the dangers. They're not stupid. I don't know why we always treat smokers as if they're complete idiots. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. If you want to smoke, you smoke. You know it's going to kill you in the end. I can do no more than tell you that. You're going to get emphysema. You're going to get angina. Uh, it's going to ruin your skin. But th- you know that. You know that. There's no point in me sort of trying to make it sound any better because it doesn't sound any better than that. And I was a smoker. Don't get me wrong. I loved smoking. I was very happy with smoking. I couldn't afford to do it now. 60 a day, it cost me about 30 quid a day plus. You start adding that up, it's about seven grand a year. Thank you very much indeed. So I'm quite glad I stopped. I mean, I don't, I don't notice any difference. Somebody said to me the other day, now, now you've stopped drinking. I said, well, only, only for the interim period. Do you notice any difference? I said, no. I've, I've noticed nothing at all. Does anything, you know, seem any different? No, nothing. I've got six bottles of Prosecco currently chilling beyond an inch of their life in the fridge at the moment, which is, uh, which is lovely. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not drinking. I've just, I've just lost the taste at the moment. Is that odd? It's like different foods I used to have years ago. Years ago, I used to hate mushrooms. Now, I love mushrooms. Love them. You go to, uh, to greengrocers and you find all sorts of mushrooms. All different types. Shiitake. And you get a box in Paul Cooper's place. He does all these mixed mushrooms. I've never even seen the like of them before. They look absolutely wonderful. But, um, and so I have things like that. I love it. Uh, a picture. Oh, look. Here's a, here's a lovely picture of Bianca Gascoigne. She's 30 now. Oh, God, you'll be building a shelf in the corner, dear, and sitting on it. 30 and all lonely. That's a bit sad, isn't it, really? But uh, anyway, she's um, uh, she pulled out of Boxing with the Stars at the last minute. But it's left... I've never even heard of the programme, dear. I suppose that's the best you can get. something nobody's ever heard of. She was only a receptionist on a strip club, so nothing particularly bright going on there, I don't think. Uh, Gemma's in a twist over Gorka Fling rumours. This is Gemma Atkinson. I saw her with... Um, uh, she was being interviewed on a programme the other day. I'd forgotten she's got a, a really thick northern accent. I'm not a huge fan of this. I don't know where she comes from. But um, it's, it was just... 
I didn't think she was very good. Apparently, she's not She's not in the programme for romance. Why don't you just concentrate on doing it, dear, and shut up? Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. Uh, also, the top ten highest fees for fans' VIP packages. I'm not on this list. Here we go. For Rihanna. This is uh, a meet-and-greet opportunity. She doesn't do very many, but uh, Rihanna keeps at least a few fans happy with her modest fees. £757 for a meet-and-greet. Kanye West, £910. Lady Gaga, £1,136 for a meet-and-greet. That guarantees you a photo with her. At some gigs, VIP guests are allowed to sit on stage in an elevated enclosure. Jennifer Lopez, £1,212. It doesn't include a ticket for the concert, incidentally. Most of them include a ticket for the concert. Beyonce, £1,280. Very rarely agrees to meet fans, but 15 lucky ones got to chat with her for more than 30 minutes. Madonna, 1360 quid was said to have been surprisingly charming, because you don't really imagine she's going to be, do you? But if you've coughed up that much money, she's got to say something. Demi Lovato, one and a half grand. That's the price at solo gigs, but some fans forked out over $10,000 to dine with her and Nick Jonas for an ultimate dressing room experience. Woo! Exciting. Justin Bieber, one and a half grand. You get um, a purpose tour gig uh, commemorative plaque. But the most expensive, Ed Sheeran. 3,400 quid. Well, for Ed Sheeran? Come on, Ed. 20 quid, including a McDonald's or something like that. 3,400? Good Lord. <laughs> Dreadful. So I'm just looking at uh, a friend of mine who sent me in some, some nice pictures of the, uh, of the, of the Memsab. Oh, de- oh, dear. Oh, you've got a picture of the Memsab. Don't take a picture. Do not take a picture of me. But uh, there is the picture. <laughs> my mother, I remember going into the kitchen, years and years, when my mother was alive, obviously, and she was cooking Christmas lunch, and I went to take a picture. Said, Stephen, don't take a picture. She was in her dressing gown. She didn't like it. So the Memsab at this time of the morning. And that's Black Toe. And that's before we even start today. Oh, Black Toe. Do you, do you know I did that years and years ago? I trapped my thumb in the door of a van. I was moving some furniture and I slammed the door shut and it slammed shut on my thumb. Ow! I discovered the other day, I've got something on my car I only discovered the other day. We didn't close the back door properly of the car. It closes by itself. My, a friend of mine, yeah, no, not when you drive, when, when you actually, you know, you, you get in the car and you, you pull the door shut. If it doesn't close properly, the door closes by itself. It's got an automatic, I don't know how. Do I look like I understand how the internal combustion engine works? Of course not. But it, it closes by itself. So we went round all the doors. My godchildren discovered this. They went, oh, look, I've had the car for a few weeks. I've got no idea. And, and, we, and we sort of closed it a little bit. And then it goes, click. Because a friend of mine can't close doors for love nor money. So he'll be delighted when I say, just leave it. It will close by itself. And lo and behold, it did. Things you discover. Amazing, isn't it? The things you discover in a car. I'm constantly working out, I've dreadful trouble working out control panels. Memsab, good morning. Trust you well. You're not both running, are you? Are you both running today? God, I'm not sure about black toe. Actually, your feet look quite nice, considering they've pounded pavements. <laughs> feet are not my best thing. I do try and look after them as much as... Oh, I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 to 7. <sighs> 
Stop doing my exercises. <sighs> I like to think if you're sitting down, you can do exercises uh, for this half marathon today. going to raise a lot of money. We raised a lot of money on Friday. I mean, we really did raise a lot of money. Three and a half million pounds. It's, it's not bad, you know. It's not bad. It's all due to you. All due to you. And, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to my show in, uh, in January. It seems ages away, doesn't it? When it'll be 2018. 2018? I mean, is this possible? It can be 2018. Good Lord. Front page of The Sun on Sunday. It's a premiership ace nicked over four hooker sex romp. It's been a long time since we've had a headline like that, isn't it, on a Sunday. And uh, this is Watford's Isaac Success was arrested after demanding his money back. Never heard of such a thing. Never heard of such a thing. And um, uh, score in a brothel. He couldn't score in a brothel. Oh, right. Oh, I think they're doing it to a set. Score in a brothel. He couldn't score in a brothel. And so they've got one of the um, the people there. And so he books four escort girls after spending a night in a club. He pays the girls £500 each for, you know. And after two bottles of Baileys... Two bottles of Baileys? God, he's a bit naff, isn't he, really? He's branded a failure. And the police were called. You shouldn't drink two bottles of Baileys. I mean, seriously. But um, anyway, the uh, the girls weren't remotely impressed by him at all. And um, and so they've sort of branded him a flop. Which, of course, is not the thing you want to see in the papers today. Also, this is an odd one, isn't it? This is George Michael's housekeeper, probed by the family lawyers, over claims she let fans tour his home. They're also investigating allegations of inappropriate behaviour by the star's maid for 17 years. Oh, I would like to think that maybe not. I would like to think that maybe not. But uh, that's a callous whisper. Oh, it's gone all dark next door. You have to stand up, don't you? Nick Abbott gets that problem with the lights. I've had it sitting out there. All of a sudden, the lights dim right down and they go off. I sit there getting quite frightened. Quite frightened. Uh, also, terror panic as minicab hits 11. We didn't know what it was yesterday. Luckily, the police were able to sort that out and say it was a a driving accident, a traffic accident, as opposed to anything else which we might have thought. But we are on alert and we can literally turn round on a sixpence to sort something out. The police were there within within seconds. I mean, it was it was almost fast. It was almost too fast, but they had helicopters up and, uh, and everything else. Uh, Strictly Star branded as a homewrecker. Never mind Gorka, Sneak Alex, Nicked Hubby. There's always something, isn't there, from the X Factor? And there's always something from, from Strictly. And it, it's almost a, a case of this one here. This is Alexandra Burke, they say, getting a taste of her own medicine. She's good. She's good on that programme. But, of course, there's going to be somebody who's going to sell a story somewhere because that's what, the, that's what the papers do. They want to know about that. They want to know about, you know, what people get up to. Why can't they just accept the fact it's a, it's a dance programme? People go on to it and some of them can dance, some of them can't dance. Some of them are complete and utter idiots and they're the buffoons. But we still watch it because people like it. People are very addicted. So far, nobody's written in telling me who, who's been kicked out. I think mainly because they're so worried I might say something. <laughs> Somebody wrote and complained last time. But there's no... You, you, they, they can't stop you telling... Oh, I've lost my mouse. Oh, there it is. They, they can't stop you telling anybody. It's just... It's, it's kind of an unwritten law that they say, oh, don't, don't spoil it for everybody because people like to sort of watch the programme this evening. Whereas, in fact, I'd rather you were listening to In Conversation with Henry Blofeld and David Hasselhoff. The Hoff is with Steve Allen and... Uh, and both very, very good conversations. That's at nine o'clock this evening. Uh, Anne says, I've just been out on the balcony. 
with my radio, and I've seen the most beautiful sky I've seen in ages. Not a constellation missing. Something lovely, isn't there, about just looking at... I was looking at some pictures the other day of a, of a house. I wasn't thinking about... It. Well, I would have bought it had I won the lottery, but nobody won the blooming lottery, did they? So uh, another blooming... Ro- final rollover, I think, and then what happens to it? I've got no idea. But um, I was sort of looking at this beautiful picture, and it's this grass. Grass, 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 grass. Somebody was talking earlier on. I, think it, I thought it was a snowflake who'd phoned up, talking to Matt... And he sounded a bit like a snowflake. He sounded a bit drippy. And he was going on about mustard and cress or something. Well, you don't grow mustard and cress in fields. And he was sort of talking about it like it didn't exist, or wheat fields or anything like that. It's all out there, cornfields. You know, if you've been out into the countryside and got your head out of the sand, you know, you might have seen it. You can still see fields of mustard, you know, that bright yellow stuff that grows out. Well, actually, it's not mustard, it's rapeseed oil. That's what it is. But people used to call it mustard because they used to go, ooh, it's mustard. No, it's rapeseed oil. Which is uh, which is very popular in this country, but it's all out there. He made it sound like it was sort of disappearing, and we didn't we didn't have things like that in this country. We did, we did, and we still do. It's still out there. Maddie, police hunt woman. Good lord, this is a turn up for the books now. This is a critical witness missing from Portugal. They think she may be East European. Oh God! After twelve years, we finally got round to that. Or how many years it is now? I'm losing, I'm losing the will to live on that one. It's very difficult. Plus the TV drama prompting victim to speak out. This is Karen Danjuk. As I say, we've heard the story, Karen. Thank you very much indeed. We've heard it. OK. Uh, Breast in peace. This is uh, Katie Price to sell her own blinged up coffins. Can't imagine why anybody would be buying anything. As I say, they're, they're saying here that uh, she aims to adorn them with pink crystals. What for? Who's going to buy them, dear? You've just got one or two coffins. Everybody's different. Go to any funeral director and they've got racks and racks of coffins all in different sizes. You know, up to six foot seven or whatever it happens to be. And um, she says here she wants uh, a funeral with 12 black horses and a crystal coffin. OK, you got it. OK, sorted. There you go. <laughs> she's already an astute businesswoman. No, she's not. No, she's not. Cobblers. Absolute rubbish. Lazy journalism. They say from modelling, TV, lingerie and jewellery, perfume and books. She's not amassed 40 million. Sh- prove it. Prove it. Show me some bank statements. With Katie Price's companies with 40 million in there. You won't find it. You will not find it, I promise you. Uh, what else in the papers for today? A cheeky celebration of a decade of uh, Kim Kardashian's bottom. I don't know why he'd be remotely interested. I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, the more the, a more talentless person it'd be hard pushed to find. But luckily her bottom's got its own agent now, which would have to. I mean, she's been, you know, every year there'd be something else that she's done about it. Which is... Um, Slightly disturbing. Oh, I wonder what Mystic Meg's got today. You know, it's a different Mystic Meg. They've just renamed somebody and stuck a wig on her. What does she t- say today? I love this. This this could apply to any of you. What star sign are you, Julian? What are you? You're. What do you mean? Don't know. When were you born? December. Oh, I don't know what December is. Wait a minute. December. December sixth. Wait a minute. December. December. December the sixth. Oh right. You are Sagittarius. You're sa- yeah. Did you not know that? You're Sagittarius. OK, that runs up to December 21. It says here, this week you learn so much about your secret wonderful self and the special talent you've never used. <laughs> oh, you're right. He just said he doesn't have any special talent. I can confirm this. He doesn't have any special talent. It says, until now, discovering the identity of a top secret admirer is very flattering, but true love matters most. Oh, Julian, I tell you, it's all looking up. This is this is so exciting. Wow. Mine says, because I'm Pisces, 
Can't stand fish and love water. Jupiter's arrival in the most adventurous part of your chart helps you see how much is out there for you. New ways of working or studying and falling more deeply in love than you ever expected mean a lot. What's the most adventurous part? What, which, which star sign gets the best? Well, I don't... I've got no idea. It says, I mean, it says the most adventurous part of your chart, Jupiter's arrival. I've got no idea. I'm as confused as everybody else. It doesn't actually... I mean, I couldn't care less about Jupiter and in my chart. I'm more worried about who's, who's coming into your life that's going to sort of give you that little spark for the future. God, we'll be taking bets on that one. Yeah, can you report back? Just let us know. I'll, I'll, I'll go to Bet Fred later on today and find out if we can get some, some odds on it. Uh, 84850, steve at More of your texts and uh, emails in a moment. And uh, still to come, the cons. That's what they call people in prison. Uh, partying on drugs, vodka and fast food. They're getting pizzas delivered to prisons. What? What? And Alexandra Burke, how strictly is healing the family wounds? Because her mum died, if you remember. But she's a good dancer. She's a very good dancer. So, so oh, they get Nando's delivered to prison as well. I mean, I mean, what? I'm looking at these things here. Meat and protein in a, in a lag's cupboard store. And this, this is prison, is it? Heavens above, honestly. Things have obviously changed. It looks a bit like a holiday camp at the moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Frank Bruno. He's uh, got a heart-rending new book. He was locked up, as you know, in hospital. And somebody close to me said stole 300,000 and sent me back into despair. It's been a it's been a roller coaster, you know, up, down, people taking the mickey out of him. He was a figure of fun. He was sort of kind of a joke boxer because he was he was big. That was the only reason he ended up boxing, I think, because he was big. And then people were taking the mick because he kept saying, you know what I mean, Harry? And uh, and he turned out to be not the brightest penny in the box. And then he became uh, ill and uh, he'd had a few fights. They weren't particularly interesting, his fights. The only one in, of any interest, I suppose, was Mike Tyson. And Tyson knocked him out in a very short space of time. All the Bruno fans were over there. Bruno. Oh, he's gone. Uh, it was all very quick. It happened in seconds. I'm proud my girl was picked over me. This is X Factor reject Debbie Gaskin. I mean, an embarrassment if your mother turns up looking like that. And people have called her every name under the sun. But that's what people do. You know, you're living in the in the days, I'm afraid, of, of social media. You know, George Michael, if you remember, opted out of Twitter because he couldn't cope with the amount of abuse. Whereas I've said, if ever you get abuse, you just you just delete, mute. It's simply done. It's so simple. It takes but seconds. You go through it. The moment you see something that's vaguely rude about you, in George Michael's case, he was getting loads of stuff. And you, just, you just delete it. Or fell in that, get somebody else to operate the site. Let somebody else do it and go, click, gone. And you never have to see it. You don't worry about it. These people are sad lonelies. You know, they don't have any life. They're sitting there. You hear them sometimes on the radio coming through. I was a little bit worried about the one who was sort of... He's, as I say, he sounded like a snowflake. I didn't even know what a snowflake was. I had no idea, but he certainly sounded like a snowflake. He was a bit drippy. And he was sort of coming up with all this stuff. And I thought, you're obviously... You must spend your entire life... In, in sort of this dreadful state where you're sort of, you're trying to be happy, but you don't like other people's happiness. And so you think, you know, you're going, oh, the country's going down the swanee and all this kind of thing. And then Matt was accused of not being patriotic, whereas, in fact, I didn't hear anything like that at all. All I had kept hearing was patriotism from Matt. And yet people, you think, perhaps you're listening to the wrong thing. Perhaps you've got voices in your head or something, and you're not hearing what he's saying, because it seemed to be quite clear that Johnny was slight, slightly off kilter. I don't know where he was coming from. Nowhere that we were ever aware of. Uh, the picture of the paper today, Rocco, 
has found himself a leading lady. Oh, that's lovely. The 17-year-old Madonna's son with Lockstock director Guy Ritchie is said to have fallen for up-and-coming singer Chantel Lee. He's only 17. I wouldn't worry about him. He's of no consequence to anybody. Jason Manford on Real Life. Do you know he sings? He's got an album out, Jason Manford. I saw him singing something, I'm sure with an orchestra. He says, my kids have two mums and I lose it down the shop. Should I be on Jeremy Kyle? I don't know. It depends if they want to dig up some of those other things you were up to. Uh, also, also, who's touring? Oh, Paul Weller. I must be the only one in the entire country. that Every time I see a thing about Paul Weller, I kind of like go, huh? I just don't get Paul Weller. The mo- Different stage. What? It? Oh, right. Different stage in the new album. But it's, it's like Paul Weller, the mod father. <laughs> Who cares? Seriously. I mean, he must be about 90 by now, isn't he? I think his father manages him. Daniel O'Donnell. He, he just looks ever younger. Also, uh, Don McLean. Is that the... So bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Good Lord, he's still going. Uh, also, Ralph McTell. Let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London. That was one of my favourite songs. Uh, and uh, Christy Moore. Paul Carrick. in Con- Everybody's working. Everybody's doing shows. Except Peter Andre. <laughs> Never going to see an advert in the... Pe- oh, look, Peppa Pig's touring as well. I will be going to that one. Aha! Are back as well. The Undertones. Good Lord. And James Arthur, back from the edge. Good Lord. He was in here the other day. He was in here the other day. I think he's he's touring with... I think, actually, his support act is, uh, is Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, so, Ella Fitzgerald. Errol, Ella Henderson. Bit of a change. Bit of a change on that one. But uh, that's quite nice. Sunday Express, front page. Brexit's big three back the PM. Boris Johnson, Liam Fox, David Davis, urging the tourists to rally around May as the leader. Uh, Mary Berry cookbook for a fiver. Do love Mary. Do you know she's moved out of the house that she's lived in for something like 30 years in Buckinghamshire? Because I told you, my, my claim to fame is I was talking to Mary Berry and... Um, and she lives in Penn. Well, she did live in Penn in Buckinghamshire, which is lovely. I said, my auntie Grace used to live there. She said, Grace? I said, yeah. And I told her, my, and she said, I used to go to church with Grace. I went, wow, how cool is that? And in fact, she asked after me because I had to, uh, I, was, uh, I was not very well the other day. So I had to cancel my interview with Mary Berry. But she remembered me. She thought it was quite sweet. It's always nice when people remember you. Well, I always think so anyway. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, we'll try and put all your uh, texts and emails in just before the uh, the end of the programme. So Tony Pelledry's birthday, Friday, 50-something. Uh, also in the Express Day, William Prince, pledging to give mentally ill help they need. It's very nice to say that, but we need a bit more backup than somebody just saying it. The cyclists who kill or maim two people every week. It's because you do get the cyclists who are, you know, normal cyclists who just sort of pedal and, you know, and then you get the go faster cyclists who are there and all the rest of it. Ring, 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 ring. Get out the road. Get out the road. Um, Stars of the beautiful game. Bid farewell to Newcastle's chief, Freddie Shepherd. Oh, look, Wayne Rooney's turned up. Did you see that girl that he had a, a drink with in the bar, that one desperate to try and make some sort of career out of her non-existent life? She turned up to a bar opening the other night and they refused her entry. Yes. And she's very hurt. You know, why can't I go in? Because they don't want you there. They've got a standard and you're not it. OK, so I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. Uh, the Mail. On Sunday, you can start collecting tokens for your free Christmas tree. I turned on the telly the other day and in um, 
what was it? I think it must have been QVC. They're doing Christmas already. People keep, you know, people write into me and go, oh, stop talking about Christmas. I shall never listen to you ever again. It's too early. No, they're doing it on the television. The Christmas shop has been open in uh, Selfridges for ages. Ages and ages and ages. You know, stop denying people their happiness. Miserable devils. Enjoy Christmas. Uh, because it's there to embrace as a, as a season. And uh, I love it. Also, oh no, Petra, not the Petrus. This is poor, uh, poor old James and Petra stunt. Uh, this is the, one of the, the Eccleston girls. Anyway, she's divorcing him, and uh, he he has a wine cellar. Okay, with with wine in it. Not that he looks like he knows anything about wine, but it's worth. Wait for this one. Sixteen million pounds for a wine cellar. You can get loads of wine down the road at Aldi for that. Uh, also, pregnant mum dropped from BBC abortion show after being told she might upset panellists who had terminations. God, what have we turned into? Uh, and uh, doubly twin-credible record-breaking mum gives birth to two double bundles of trouble just 11 months apart. Oh, lovely. I always get a bit excited about things like that. I like big families. I'm a bit... I'm, I, you know, the idea of big... I don't have a big family. I'm just me and my brother. I quite fancy the idea. River Cafe Diamond Girl takes her own life after split from Macmillan Book Air. And a 12-year-old boy. And the parents say, we will give him drugs to help him change from school boy to school girl. They, they trans a lot, a lot earlier now than they ever used to. Ted Heath, police chief, now probe cover-up in Westminster... Has he got some hidden agenda, this, uh, this, this copper? This is really odd, isn't it? Edward Heath's been dead for God knows how long. Uh, first of all, they, they did a, a thing years ago after the, the allegations of, uh, of, a, of an attack on an 11-year-old boy and they, they sort of dispensed with it. It's as simple as that. Lovely picture of Gloria Honeyford. She says, Do I talk about my sex life in my new book? I'm not doing a prolith, if that's what you mean. She'll say anything. <laughs> Gloria, I mean, we had a, a really, really nice chat. Really nice chat. You know, she's done, a, she's done a lot in her life. When you consider, you know, she came from humble beginnings. She's done a lot. And uh, she's got some nice friends. We talk about Cliff. Uh, we talk about Karen. Uh, we talk about... Actually, we talk about just about everything. There's nothing that is off limits. And uh, we had a really, really good chat. So that, I think, you'll be hearing this week on In Conversation. But tonight at nine o'clock... Coming up on In Conversation, you've got uh, this evening, The Hoff. Yes, he's going to be with us this evening. And it's a very open conversation as well. And the voice of cricket, Henry Blofeld. So he's going to be with us as well. Such a nice conversation. He's uh, such a nice man. The Hoff just gives and gives. He is the gift that keeps on giving. So that's at nine o'clock. I've got to go. I just realised. Got to go and get my shorts on, get myself all ready for the half marathon. Not, but good luck to everybody who's taking part in it. And again, huge thank you. Huge thank you for all the money that you donated on, on Friday for Globals Make Some Noise. Huge, huge thank you. I can't begin to thank you enough. Three and a half million pounds is good in anybody's book and it will be used to the best of its advantage. I promise you there'll be a lot of people who will be benefiting. So thank you. Have a great Sunday. There's now another reason to download the LBC iPhone app as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can now listen back to this and all our other programmes from the last week for free on our new catch-up feature. Coming up at 10 this morning, it's Nigel Farage. But right now on LBC, with breakfast, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.